Hey, AV Clubbers, this is your senior editor, John Tatey, and it's time for another edition of Mom on Pop. It's the podcast where my mom, you know her, Bonnie Tatey, weighs in on all sorts of pop culture. Mom, are you there on the other end of the line? I'm here. Oh, I'm great. ready. Great, great. Well, today we are going to talk about AMC's Halt and Catch Fire, and we'll also review Netflix's Grace and Frankie. But first, it's time to chat. we got to warm up a little, right, Ma? That's right. Now, last week, uh, or on the last edition of the podcast, we seemingly put the po- post office saga to bed. There's a new postmaster. Um, he's uh, pleasingly homosexual and uh, friendly. And you were going to have no troubles with him, and we'd never talk about the post office again. And yet, when I asked you wanted to talk about today, you said you wanted to talk about the post office. So what is going on? Well, I wanted to straighten this out because Dad said that I shouldn't have said that I think he's um, gay. I see. He thought I might offend some people, but I said it in the most affectionate Yeah. Intention, so I didn't want to offend anybody about that. Oh, you thought you, he thought you would offend some listeners with that? Yes. Oh, huh. I don't think so. I don't think anybody took offense. Well, I I didn't mean it in any way, but the nicest way. No, of course, and I think that came across. Uh, and uh, I think we're beyond right, the point I, where that would be a bad thing in our society, right? We aspire I'm not to be. Sure, at least. you know, I you know. I I was freely using the word oriental, you know? (laughs) So I'm not sure. I'm not really on top of those things like I should be, I guess. You know, I, uh, when I watch uh, reruns of the old pyramid, uh, that word comes up a lot, oriental. And And it's so strange to hear it expressed so freely because you just never hear it anymore. But, you know, it wasn't meant in a derogatory manner. No, but I think, you know, I feel like we've talked about this on the show before, too. I, these words evolve, and you just, you sort of have to update to the new words just to demonstrate that you care and to demonstrate your sensitivity, right? Right. But So they should publish them in the newspaper for, for people that aren't, uh, you know, out having conversations all the time with people. How the hell are we supposed to know? <laughs> I think it's you just very have, confusing. It is confusing, and you just have to pay close attention, I think. Well, I, maybe I don't want to. Well, then say whatever you want. Well, I don't want to hurt people's feelings or be offensive. So you're not sure if the postmaster is gay or not? I feel that he is. And and I've checked it out with another person who verified that. And we both think he's a pretty spiffy guy. Well, but they verified just the suspicion, right? You haven't. Uh, yes. Yeah. Correct. It's pretty unmistakable. It's not. It's not. You know, maybe it's you not sh- like when I thought you might be gay. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a problem I still have. Yeah, well, you know, you dress very neatly, and well, it's not a problem at all. Actually, I, I like it when people mistake me for gay. It means I have style and wit. Oh my God! Now, 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 the pendulum will go the other direction, right? <laughs> what What does that mean? I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you how you should find out is uh, just make a pass at the guy and see how he responds. Yes, well, I'm sure he's really interested in 62-year-old women. (laughs) He's young. He's a young guy. Well, if he's not interested, then he's probably gay. (laughs) Case closed. You can meet him when you visit. Okay, I look forward to it. Maybe I'll make a pass at him. That'll settle it. Yeah. Yeah, let's see how that goes. 
Now, I understand you you have some extracurricular post uh, or pop culture viewing that you've done. We I didn't even watch this movie. We were going to review Spy, I'll tell the listeners, in this week's episode, but Mom went to see it, and she emailed me almost immediately after and said, skip it. Uh, but I right. feel like the readers deserve to hear your insights, even though this isn't one of our official reviews for this edition. Okay. Well, I just didn't think that you needed to, that, that, you know, as far as the universe is concerned, that two of us needed to waste two hours on this drivel. Okay, this is Melissa McCarthy, right? It is, and she's really delightful and talented, I think. I agree, I agree. This movie I went into with great expectations and really did, you know, laugh, laugh, laugh until, you know, it just occurred to me that this was a... Uh, it was it was like an adaptation of an episode of Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> um, Sounds just, pretty good. Yeah, well, there was just nothing there. And I have to say, I understand, I don't really understand, but I'll say that I do understand that it's important to get an R rating for, for people, mm. for studios to get people into the theater. But if they said the F word once, they said it, over a hundred times. I'm just, it uh, really? was just, really? Oh boy, I wouldn't expect that. I'd expect something a little smarter from Melissa McCarthy. Not yeah. that she wrote it, but you know what I mean. Exactly. And also, there was a point where she, she was a spy that, that yeah, I would worked so. in the office all the time, but then she, <laughs> and then she went out on, the, out on the street and was working out there. And she picks up a camera that belonged to somebody, or not? That was a little confusing to me. But there were two pictures of of penises on it that they actually showed a real, yeah, a real two what? Two different penises. Two penises. Wow, you got your money's worth. It's like, but it was so stupid. And this is what I want to know <laughs> yeah. from you. Yeah, I would like to hear you ponder this for a second. How can they keep making the same movie over and over again and people still go to see it? Now, the same movie in, in what sense? Just You felt like this was working from a template? I did. As Rocky and Bullwinkle did, I suppose? Yeah. Although I think Rocky and Bullwinkle was pretty experimental at times. Well, they didn't use the F word. <laughs> Actually, I think there was an episode where uh, Bullwinkle no. know, goes dark and gritty. and No. Oh, what's no. the fucking deal, Rocky? No. I think I remember him saying that. Well, if you did, then I'm really not happy with them. <laughs> How do they keep making the same movie over and over again? I think they just, you know, they're they're so conservative. There's so much money that goes into these movies, and this is a big problem in the video game industry as well, that they're so risk-averse. So they really just go with what they have seen work before. Mm. Um, it's It really is a... It's sort of a soul-deadening uh, tendency, but uh, that's definitely the way it works. Well, I wish it would stop working. Well, you wish that the, you want the industry to collapse so that they'll rebuild it with a more innovative fare. Well, I'd like them to assume that I've seen this play out time and time again and, and do something a little exciting or different. Or... Isn't it sort of sending up this genre, though? Seen it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so even though it's not one of our official reviews, do you want to give Spy a little uh, grade? 
Yes, I will give it a. Well, let me, I'll, I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a D plus, and and this is why. Okay. This is why I yeah. have to be a little harsh with it because I waited through the credits to see if there was a little <laughs> present at the end, and yeah. there was, and she was in bed with this other spy that had been sort of been annoying through the whole thing, mm-hmm. and they they obviously had just been together, and they rolled apart, and and he said. He indicated they were going to have another go at it, and she said, well, okay, but don't do that thing with the thumb again. And then they both they both burst out laughing. You know, and I stood in the back of the theater waiting for that. You stood? Well, I was going to leave, and then I said, uh, just see if there is a... I, I love that you called it a present. What a, that's such a perfect way to think of it. Is the movie going to give you a little present for sitting through the credits? Right. And not you didn't think you thought the joke was inadequate for the waiting. Well, it sort of left an image in my mind like that I'm a little confused about but I don't want to discuss. Um you know, we talked about the rimming thing with yes. Lena um Well, with girls, yeah. Uh, Lena with Dunham didn't girls and yeah, that was so, a you know, scene, yeah. If there's another thing that you do with your thumb, I'm not too interested in having that image in my mind. Oh, okay. But they didn't specify it. They just left it to your mad- your imagination? Is that what you said? They did. And you imagined any number of things, it sounds like. Yeah, none of them that I would like to experience. Huh. Maybe they're just going to rate some movies. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> Maybe they're going to thumb wrestle. Like... <laughs> That's all I can think of. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Hey, you know, I'm coming to New Hampshire this weekend, as you know, and uh, I wish that we would be able to watch this new game show network uh, together, but it's uh, they're not broadcasting it in the New Hampshire area. It's called Buzzer, with no E, B-U-Z-Z-R, and let me tell you, Mom, it's it's good stuff. They got uh, they got Tattletales on there. You remember Tattletales? Love Tattletales. Tattletales, the game of celebrity gossip, and boy, didn't they always have the top celebrities on there? Just the greatest <laughs> stars that Hollywood had to offer. Well, you know, you say that, but to to me, they were people that were that were quite. Uh, relevant they got the tattletales they got the uh, match game and you know what game show network has the match game but they speed it up a little bit to fit commercials in and they cut out all the uh parting gifts and they uh cut out the credits basically uh and they show all of that on buzzer and i know i'm Anna always laughs at me that i want to see the credits of these shows but i first of all i'd like to hear the song and second right. of all, Match Game has this wonderful thing in the credits where they spin the little uh, screen or whatever it is, you know, and they show the different celebrities chatting after the show. And I want to see that. I want to see the wind down period of the show. Well, that was the appeal also, I think, of Tattletales in seeing their, their partners. Yeah. You know, it's a little yeah. glimpse of their personal life. Uh, let me tell you, I saw an episode with uh, Patty Duke and John Aston. Yeah. Are they both still alive? Patty Duke is definitely, right? I believe they are both still alive. And uh, they're not great players. Well, you know, their marriage didn't last. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's why. But, uh, you know, Patty Duke, I always feel like, was not as good a player as uh, the Goodson people thought she was. She was on Match Game a lot, and I never found her that great on Match Game either. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think she had a hard time finding herself. I think she was a... Um, her backstory is kind of uh, convoluted and interesting. And I think probably she was a person that was invented in some fashion. Oh, that makes me sad. I'm yeah. sorry I said anything uh, untoward about her now, too. Yeah. Well, you should be. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks for making me I'm feel kidding. bad. Anyway, I think she's a very talented actress. If you want to see Patty Duke and uh, all the other uh, B-level stars, B-list stars of the 70s oh, on this. Oh, don't say that. Well, they are. I'm, you know, they are, though. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love them all. I love Elaine Joyce and Bobby Van. You know what? Uh, Elaine Joyce was on with Joyce Boulafont on what, this one episode of Tattletales, and boy, was it confusing. Because they're both, you know, kind of spacey blondes, and they have yes. these similar names. Oh, I couldn't yes. keep them straight. But, but anyway, if you want to see them, check Hire it. a nurse, Johnny. You really have to check your local listings for this one. I often yeah. say that jokingly, but uh, you have to get it over the air. And I had to buy an antenna for this, and I bought uh, a little device that allows me to hook the antenna up to my uh, satellite DVR. So I sp- got like $100 worth of equipment just to watch wow. this uh Game Show Network, but boy, it's been worth it. Oh, and late well at night, it. they show the old black and white panel shows. To tell the truth, what's my line? I've got a secret. Oh, God. I would love to see that. And they show the live commercials that they used to do with them. Oh, I would love to see those. Uh, I would love that. Yeah, they're great. They're great. So let's move along to our reviews, shall we? Yes, let's. Halt and Catch Fire. Uh oh, uh oh. I can tell we're already in for some unpleasantness. We're going to start with Halt and Catch Fire, which is one of AMC's latest period pieces set during the personal computer revolution of the 1980s. The first season chronicled the efforts of a small company, Cardiff Electric, to create a portable computer that would outshine Apple and IBM. The early episodes of the second season, currently in progress, focus on a startup, Mutiny, that's struggling to keep its cutting edge video game network online. Parallax keeps crashing because this version of Backgammon is too big. No freaking way! Well, how big is it? Over 500k. Why does Backgammon have to be half a meg? It's a square with some circles and some triangles. It could be all the colors. Color is good. Hello? Our games have to run on phone lines, not on a plastic cartridge with a crap ton of memory. Yeah, and that's why they keep sucking. Look, nothing sucks, okay? Halt and Catch Fire airs Sundays at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Mom, did you find the show halting, or did it catch fire for you? See what I did there? Well, yeah, that was very clever, John. Uh, well, as I call the show Crash and Burn, because yeah. I can never remember that phrase, that right. other phrase. right. And I think you should have mentioned that it stars Lee Pace's eyebrows. <laughs> uh, or eyebrow, I'm not sure. Now, did you know Lee Pace going into this show? No. Oh, okay. But he's got great eyebrows, doesn't he? Why doesn't somebody trim those? I am obsessed with them. I sometimes just am staring at his eyebrows and thinking, why doesn't somebody give him a little waxing? <laughs> You're not distracted by that? No, I'm not. I mean, he has uh, thick, expressive eyebrows, but uh, uh, no. They could have their own show. (laughs) They're so big. Well, they might have to, because Halt and Catch Fire is on the bubble of renewal right now. It's not clear whether AMC is going to give it another season. And uh, eyebrows aside, do you think they should? 
No. Okay, so you're not a fan of Halt and Catch Fire. No, I hate this show. <laughs> now, you went back and watched the entire first season for this, right? I did. Wow. I wanted to I wanted to have my uh, information in order. Wow, that's commitment. And you've watched all the way up to this week's episode, The Way In. Well, I think I did see that. I'll just say that. It, it was on this Sunday. Yeah. You did see it? I believe so. Okay, so give me your main complaints with uh, with this show. Oh, well, well, here is my main complaint. It makes me feel tired because I just can't even imagine wanting to make a computer when somebody else is already doing it. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. Like, why? Why do you want to take on the giant? You're nobody. Do you really think you're going to do it? You're going to make it. I, I just don't understand that. Well, I don't understand why somebody wants to make a better mousetrap. Well, that's just it. Can I you, think they believe they can make a better machine. All right. Well, then why did they burn them all up then? I don't understand what happened. Well, they didn't burn them all, but uh, Lee Pace's character, uh, Joe, did uh, burn their first uh, shipment. Yeah, because he's kind of nuts. Oh, that is the only reason? Well, he, you know, he didn't believe that the computer was as world-changing and uh, paradigm-shifting, if you will. You know, he didn't realize, he didn't believe that it was something he could build a legacy on, and I think he burned it out of, uh, yeah, just insane frustration and self-hatred there. That was not one of my favorite uh, scenes of the first season. Uh, that, right. That's from the finale of the first season. But I have to say, when Lee Pace is on the screen, even though his character has been inconsistent, sometimes he seems crazy, and sometimes he just seems troubled. But whenever Lee Pace is on the screen, I can't take my eyes off him. I want to see what Joe McMillan is going to do next. I find him the most fascinating character. I I think he's just a talker. I think he is yeah. one of those people that, that, you get, that is, uh, knows how to talk. People well, are drawn to him because he knows how to talk. Don't you love that, though? Like, I don't love that because there's no substance. It's all, it's all just uh, you know, smoke and mirrors. It, there, I just don't think there's anything behind it. I think he's going to turn out to have escaped from a mental institute or something. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about the characters, each one of them. Mm -hmm. and who's, who's your favorite character of the main Four, let's say there's either four or five main ones, depending on depending on whether you include uh, Bosworth. But let's uh, let's talk about the main four. Who's your favorite out of them? Well, this is not the main four, but I love Scoot's wife. That's not yeah. Me. She's one of the main four, Donna. Oh, okay, Donna. I yeah. like her very much. She's the only one I understand. Uh, okay, and what is it about her that you relate to? Well, she looks like she showers regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she seems the most sensible. She seems very, very knowledgeable, and she does seem like she uh, stands up for herself, but not in a overbearing way. Well, yeah, she eventually stands up for herself, right? It seems yeah, like her eventually. job is to take abuse from the people around her until she finally speaks up. Right. See, Donna might be my uh, least favorite, not that I dislike her, but she might be my least favorite of the four main characters because she's so predictable to me. The only surprise in her plot, plot lines has been when she, um, you know, kissed her boss at Texas Instruments right. in the first season, and then it turned out it wasn't what she thought. And that, right. to me, she 
got my interest, but it just seems like she's around to be the voice of reason, and she's, I don't know, she doesn't intrigue me that much. Well, John, they can't all be nut jobs. Well. I mean, Cameron <laughs> seems like a, I, I wouldn't bet $2 on her to win a race. She seems really like a, a crazy person. Well, she's passionate, definitely. I think she's kind of loony. Well, she's a little loony, I suppose, but she had a pretty good idea. She had an idea, and this is my other problem with the second season, is that she's got this online gaming idea that really, I wish they would be a little more true to the period, especially because this is a period that, you know, I think I have more interest in this show than I otherwise would because it's a period that resonates with me so much. I'm so fascinated by these computers that I grew up on, you know, and this online gaming thing was really just, it was not an idea that was in the air at the time. The infrastructure was not there, and uh, it's just a stretch for me. And I feel like they were looking for something that's relevant to today's youngsters, <laughs> if you will. Oh, and, my God. And I think that they... they <laughs> They're, uh, it's not honest to the period, but I do like uh, the character of, of Cameron. But uh, my right. favorite is Joe McMillan. Now, what do you think of uh, Gordon Clark, who is uh, Scoot McNary's character? And what, um, a, what a great name Scoot McNary is, huh? Do I, that's what Dad said, too. Scoot. Scoot. Love it. I love it. So, yeah, what do you think of him? Well, the thing I like about him is that he seems to have evolved in the as far as fashion sense and and whatnot, which I know is not the purpose of this show. Um, it, it makes me realize, as much as I loved Mad Men and seeing the, the period dress and the um, apartments and homes and the accoutrements that went with that, this is the 70s, and they really were not very pretty. The 80s. This is the 80s. Well, this, it went from the 70s into the 80s, didn't it? No, it started in 1983. Well, I, I probably haven't been watching the right show then. <laughs> but it seems like, well, that, that would explain some of my confusion then. The 80s, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And when did Nintendo come out? 85. The uh, NES came out in the U.S. in 85. So that's about that. Uh, we're not quite to the NES uh, era in the on the show okay. yet. We're in the same year, okay. but not quite there yet. All right. The games are so are very primitive, and I realize this is the beginning of them. They don't seem much further along than Pong. Well, I think that's. I think that part is fairly accurate. As far as, and you know, remember too that they have to run these games over this modem network, which again I find a little dubious, but uh, so they have to be especially simple. And that's a, that's a point they've actually remarked on at one point in this second season. Oh. Remember the guy had to take the color out of Backgammon or whatever he was programming and he was all upset yes, about that? Yes, So what is your intrigue with this show? I, I, I would like to know. Well, my intrigue is, is flagging a little bit i do want to see what happens with lee pace's character but uh you know this was such this was such an exciting time and there were so many ideas flying around and it was really such a wild west that's what drew me to it initially and that's what kept me going through the first season but it just seems like they've gotten farther and farther away from the excitement of the computer revolution itself and we're really just into these personal stories, which right. are intermittently interesting. Like Gordon, Gordon's uh, drug addiction seemed to just last one episode, and then that yeah. was 
then it was disposed of, right? I mean, maybe it'll come back, but that just, I just at the end of that episode, I felt, okay, what was the point of all that? So he's addicted to programming now. I understand that he's obsessive and sometimes self-destructive, but I just didn't understand why we were doing that side plot. And and is there a big is there a big secret coming um, about his connection with his father or? Are you talking about Joe McMillan or Gordon? Yes. Joe McMillan, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But there's And then at the end of the last, of one of the shows that we saw, it just seemed so campy. Oh, I know. When it was uh the Wiz, you know the the yeah. Wiz? Yeah. He came out of prison and and he said oh, to Cameron <laughs> That is so funny. Uh that's a Seinfeld reference in case people don't realize. I forgot he played the whiz on that episode. That's Dad brilliant. Dad nailed that. Oh, God, that's funny. But, yeah, you're yep. talking about Boz. Boz on the, he's the right. Boz on yes. this show. And he uh, he he says to Cameron, well, you signed all your letters, Catherine. And she says, well, I took my father's name. You know, he died in Vietnam. And I just thought, oh, I just cringe, cringe, cringe. Oh, I thought that was a sweet moment, actually. Oh, God. Really? I got to slap you around a little bit. Do you? Toughen you up a little. Yeah, you know, I'm 33 years old. It might be too late. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Yeah, I think so. It has. Uh, okay, did we cover all the characters? So, Joe McMillan, are you interested to see what his story, how his story plays out or not? Uh, you know, I don't like him. So, I'll take that as a no. No, I was hoping he would throw himself on the burning computer. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like him. I like him. He's searching. All right. I, I, you know, I have a soft spot for characters who are searching for meaning in their lives. It's why I was yeah. always willing to forgive Don Draper on Mad Men um, yeah. and Nate Fisher on Six Feet Under, because I, I guess I really sympathize with that ongoing search for purpose and direction and meaning. And uh, so I guess that's what draws me to, to Joe in particular on this show. Do you see a little bit of yourself in those kinds of characters? I guess so. I guess so. I mean, not that I'm, I'm not as, um, what's the word? I'm not as restless as, as these characters, certainly. And it's not as consuming and vexing to me, but I do, you know, I always am asking myself, you know, what is the meaning of what I do and what is the purpose of being a critic and doing, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, I need it to have some deeper purpose and, and meaning for me. And so I really understand that constant search i feel like or sympathize with it at least yeah yeah well i can uh, i can honor that okay thank you thank you thank you for honoring you're welcome. that you're very welcome <laughs> uh, are you going to keep watching halt and catch fire yes okay good well i'm Until glad i got you, you hooked. Stop, and then when you stop i will okay well we might have to stop altogether they might stop making them that's all right with me I hope they don't. I hope they give it at least one more year to find itself. And I hope I hope in the second season, which I think has been better than the first. Don't you think the second season has been an improvement? Well, at least now I sort of understand what's going on. But don't you think they're going to have to move to L.A.? I mean, or to uh, Silicon Valley? Nothing's going to happen there. It sure seems Texas. that way. Yeah. But I think... I feel like the show has its roots in Texas now, but, uh, well, that's the thing, is they set it in Texas so that, it, you know, the Cardiff Electric, the company from the first season, right, it gave it more of this upstart, you know, not part of the mainstream right, sensation, exactly. right? But now they're just in Texas, <laughs> right? That sort of David and Goliath uh, aspect of it has been lost somewhat for me. Yes, exactly. 
So let's move in and get in the fight again. That's uh- I think, yeah, I have an urge for them to uh, go out there, too. But, hey, it was the Silicon Prairie. It's a real thing that was in Texas in the 80s. Well, there you go. What about that basement where Joe's working? I think they did a good job making that basement feel extra oppressive. (laughs) Oh, man. man. It it was bad. But, but again, I thought his character would, would rail against that, not just go with the flow. But isn't he railing against it in his shrewd in this sort of a shrewd, patient way. And that's, I think we're seeing some evolution of the character there and that he's changing his tactics. I don't know. He, he reminds me of a snake. You know, I just, they can just twist and turn at any given second. And You know, it's funny you say that because as I said, he's changing his tactics. I sort of had this counter thought in my head that was like, well, no, maybe he's not. He's just, he is kind of a charmer, right? He ingratiates himself yes. um, to these men in positions of authority. And maybe that's, that's just his M.O. Right. And that maybe he's going to input all the wrong stuff and it's going to just be a big disaster. And Who knows? <laughs> he's going to input all the wrong stuff. I think he has a grander plan than that. Well, I hope so. Uh, so your grade for Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, this is, I'm going to give it a C minus because I think dad likes it a little bit. So I'll, I'll, take, I'll take him into account on that. C minus, still below average though. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think I like it a little better than that. But what, As you've said. All right, let's move along to our next review, which is Grace and Frankie. The title characters of Grace and Frankie are two soon-to-be ex-wives who had to tear up the itinerary for their golden years when their husbands, longtime friends, came out of the closet and declared their love for each other. You mean you're gay, and this is who you're gay with? This is who I'm in love with. God. No, this makes no sense. You're business partners. You're not lovers. Friends. How long has this been going on? Well, it's been, I don't know exactly, 20 years. (gasps) You don't think there was a better time to tell us this? Like, say, any time over the last two decades? I'm going to throw up. I'm so sorry. Why now? We want to get married. Oh, married! Because we can do that now. I know. I hosted that fundraiser. Oh, my God. Grace and Frankie is available on the Netflix computerized television service. Mom, let me be frank. I found this show to be rather graceless. What did you think? (laughs) How long did that take you to come up with it? Yeah, I typed that up right before I got in the booth here. Show off. (laughs) I I think they would really have to go some distance to make this show any worse. (laughs) <laughs> it is so so overacted and and I think Lily Tomlin, who is so talented and so very funny, comes up short in this. And I think Jane Fonda is so over the top and so mm, yeah. Too much. It's, it's just it, she's just too much. Well, Grace and Frankie uh was created by uh Marta Kaufman, in part by Marta Kaufman, who is a longtime sitcom producer, uh, including Friends, most notably. And uh, this, the direction of this just feels very sitcom-y to me, and it feels kind of old-fashioned, doesn't it? Like, well, I didn't come away with that. My, my, I think that they should be screaming, I'm acting, I'm acting every five minutes at me, because I feel like 
they're so afraid I'm not going to get it. Yeah, I you know I got that feeling the most from Jane Fonda. Uh, yeah, I think definitely. you did too. I think Lily Tomlin does her best. I think she's a pro, and I think she does her best with what I find kind of hokey material. Yeah, she has to be zany in every respect. Um, which I think is unfortunate. I think you can achieve a little more nuance with Lily Tomlin. Uh, Martin Sheen, uh, did they even wake him up for his takes? <laughs> I mean, he is just barely there. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> the men, I think, are just... I thought they were going to be gone after the first episode because they were so... Oh, my uh, God, I know. Limited. Yeah, I mean, Sam Waterston just sort of does his, you know, a sort of watered-down version of every character he's ever done. And Martin, but Martin Sheen is such a zero on this. He is collecting a paycheck. Really bad. Now, our reviewer on the AV Club is quite fond of the show, and I'm glad that she gets something out of it, especially since she's reviewing it for us. And there's plenty of readers who pipe uh, pipe up in the comments, and they enjoy it, too. And really? I just, I rarely feel so alienated from both the reviewer and the readers, but I get nothing out of this show. I think it's cloying, and uh, like you said, every joke is overdone, and uh, God, just the dialogue is so thudding. It it really is, and I just feel like they're saying, do you get it? Do you get I it? I feel that way, too. There's no subtext to anything. And if there is subtext, they explain it in the next sentence. You know, right, right, and I just think that they're—they think the audience are the audience is out of it. I, I I need you to have a little more faith in me. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one specific thing that that bugs me about it is uh, the the music. Now, this is a problem I have with Orange Is the New Black, another Netflix show, and I wonder if Netflix just doesn't let its shows have good budget for music because they hmm. got this plinky plunky music that just i mean it sounds like it's coming out of a casio keyboard sometimes and yeah i it really takes me out of it it's more in orange is the new black i have a real problem with it but i just i that's maybe why i say it feels old-fashioned to me because it just feels like i'm watching like a 90s cable sitcom sometimes because the production yeah. the production value is so nice on some things the camera works not bad and it looks nice but um it feels cheap in other ways yeah yeah. And and again, you're they're asking you to swallow a very improbable scenario. Well <laughs> so they're asking least, you to swallow it. <laughs> what? Nothing, nothing. Don't be fresh. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're asking you to swallow uh a lot. And But and I think that's okay, don't you think it, I, I think I it's mean, okay, but if you're asking me to say that these two women lived with these two men all these years and didn't know, didn't have any inkling of, you know, that there was uh, trouble anywhere. You gotta, you have to give me a little more than than this romper room synopsis all the time. Yeah, I mean, and that that is one complaint I had about it too. Is that it seems like Grace and Frankie were never good friends, right? Or maybe once right, they were. Right, that was the that was the whole idea. They hate each other. Right. Um, and yet it's clear that these couples have spent a lot of time together. And I have to figure, yeah, I mean, maybe they were, maybe it's a generational thing and maybe they were just that naive. But it does seem that at some point they should have said, why are we even hanging out with each other anymore? What is, you know, 
what is drawing us together, and then maybe they would have put two and two together. And aren't there enough houses to go around? Yeah, get another house. They There should already be. There's three houses and three people. Well, there's four three. people. Well, the couple, the couple, and then the two women. Yeah. But, you know, you want that house by the shore. That's nice. Well, I do, but... Well, why don't you get All one? Right. Get a house by the shore. We'll get two. <laughs> Would you like that? Would you like a vacation house by the shore? I'd like us all to take a vacation by the shore. I think I'd like that. I don't think I want to own a. You don't need the actual one. house. I don't need the actual house, but it would be fun for all of us to go and stay for a week someplace. Okay, uh, so what's your overall uh, uh, impression of Grace and Frankie? Well, I'm really sorry, but I have to give this an F. I really do. Just a straight F, not the uh, dreaded F-. minus. No, no, I don't think it has any malice towards us. It just stinks. <laughs> okay. Well, don't you feel like sometimes you watch a show that, that just pisses you off so much that you feel like they, they really went out of their way to irritate you? Yes, I, t- I do sometimes feel like that. I try okay. not to take it personally, but uh, sure, sometimes I feel like that. What's the last show that did that to you? Oh, man, I would have to think about it, but I'd have to think about it. I'll tell you, I watched this show a couple of months ago, Happiness, uh, with Steve Coogan, and I, uh, I did a DVR Club uh, video review of it with Josh. Um, and that's the last show that gave me that feeling. Like, I, I felt insulted. This show yeah. was so bad. And yes, I never yeah. felt insulted by Grace and Frankie. I just felt disappointed with it. And, and it a, and somewhat condescended to. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's good. Depressed, you said? Yeah, a little depressing. Like somebody, somebody, you know, Jane, this is your last hurrah. This is the best you can do. Hey, they're getting a paycheck. They're all still working. That's all an actor can ask. I guess. No, I I disagree with that. (laughs) Okay. I disagree with that. Well, that is your prerogative uh, because this is your show. That's right. Hey, you know, we promised the people a contest on this episode, and uh, we didn't do a contest. All right. Well, let's do a contest. What would you like to do a contest about? Hmm. Let's pick something interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. How about an embarrassing moment with your parents? All right. Let's do that. Okay. So uh, we're going to have them tweet. We'll have them tweet at you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So tweet at Moxie and H. We're going to do a, a contest. This is an impromptu contest. I love this. And it's only for people who listened all the way to the end of the podcast. So maybe That's I right. like this way of doing it better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get two entries. So we, <laughs> we want to hear. Dad and, <laughs> yeah. and somebody else. We want to hear uh, your uh, embarrassing parent stories. I think we did an AVQ&A about this, didn't we? Well, you won a contest when you when you you. They some some contest when you told the story about having us watch. Was oh it Louis C.K.? Let me just tell that story. Yeah. So uh, tweet at Moxie NH with your embarrassing parent story, and I'm going to reprise one that I've published on the site before. But um, here's this would not fit into a tweet, although maybe I could condense it into a tweet. But here's the full story, which is that uh, our dog had a uh, family dog had just died what days before this happened yeah right mm-hmm. days earlier and you were very upset about that and we were all distraught but she, her name was moxie hence your twitter handle and uh 
she was your companion, really, more than anybody else. So you were uh, especially broken up about it. And I wanted to cheer everybody up. So I said, hey, here's this funny show, Louis. Louis C.K. is this brilliant comedian, and you've just got to see his show. So you and Dad grudgingly watch it, as you grudgingly watch any new show I try to uh, turn you on to. And uh, at the end, Louis does this routine, which I had completely forgotten, obviously, that he did, about dead dogs and the pile of dead dogs that must exist behind the vet's office. And he just goes on. I mean, this routine seemed to go on forever. It must have been two minutes straight of dead dog talk, but it felt like two hours. And I just, like, at a certain point, if I get up and stop it, that only draws i don't know i felt like it would draw even more attention to the awfulness of it i just i have never felt so awkward (laughs) being in the same room with my parents and uh the kicker was that at the end of this terrible dead dog routine and i'm just looking over at your face and you're just ashen uh as you watch this uh it's just renewing redoubling your depression and at the end of the routine (laughs) dad turns to me and he says so was that brilliant to you johnny and just god as if i didn't feel bad enough already dad had to make me feel even more awful oh my god i I had to leave the room then oh my god Uh. (laughs) oh the dead i couldn't have picked a different episode oh lord that was awful that was awful So if you have your embarrassing parent stories, they can span a couple of tweets if you need it. Uh, Tweet them at MoxieNH, M-O-X-I-E-N-H. People have tried M-O-X-Y-N-H. That's not going to work. That's not the right person. Oh, no, that isn't. M-O-X-I-E-N-H. Tweet your embarrassing parent stories, and Mom will have a wonderful prize package. Mom loves putting together prize packages, don't you, Mom? I do. I do. Okay. Oh, I like this secret contest for the loyal listeners who listened all the way to the end. And this is the end of uh, this week's installment of Mom on Pop. Thank you, Mom, for your insights, as always. My pleasure. And please review the show on iTunes if you enjoy it. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app and tell your friends that you love Mom on Pop. Build the Mom on Pop empire. We will be back in two weeks with more of Mom's pop culture commentary. For Bonnie Tatey, I'm John Tatey. So long for now. Bye.